And a very good morning to everyone. This Lord's Day, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. It's not every day that you can celebrate the 244th birthday of your nation. What an awesome day that is. I think I've heard all the firecrackers and fireworks I care to hear in my lifetime. <laughs> um, I'd like to read a scripture, short scripture this morning from Philippians 4, verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Father God, we just want to thank you for this beautiful morning you bless us with, for the refreshing showers that we had last night, and just for the beauty of your creation this morning and being able to see the calmness of the morning. Father, we just want to thank you, Father, for this first day of the week that we're able to come and worship you and, and study your word. We ask, Father, for your blessings upon us as Mike presents the lesson to us this morning. May it fall on our ears and put it into action Father, for us as we go out into the world this week. Father, we have so much to be thankful, Father, for, and we're thankful, Father, for the gift of your Son, Jesus, who died on that cross on Calvary. We pray, Father, for your blessings upon the sick of this congregation that are needing your prayers at this time. 
Father, we ask for your blessings upon Gage um, Eggleston at this time. Father, for the difficulties that he's having with his, his condition. We ask, Father, for your blessings upon him and that the doctors are being able to amend to his needs and that he may be able to regain his health again. Father, we pray for Mitzi and for this past week that she went through cancer treatment again. We pray, Father, for her body. We pray, Father, for strength for her. And we pray, Father, that her body may be able to fight off this cancer that she has in her body. Father, we have many on the other sick list, Father, that I don't recall at this time that you know who they are, Father. We ask for your blessings upon them. We ask, Father, that you heal them. If it's spiritual, if it's physical healing, if it's spiritual healing, Father, we ask for healing as well. We ask, Lord, that your blessings be upon them. Father, we just want to thank you, Father, for this opportunity to be able to come to you and, and worship you. We're thankful, Father, for this great nation in which we live that gives us the freedom to be able to come and enjoy um, worshiping you with freedoms. We ask, Father, that you bless this country, bless it as it's going through this very difficult time with this pandemic. And we ask, Father, that you please be with the leaders of this nation that's making decisions. And we ask, Father, that you please send us a cure for this pandemic that which we're, we're dealing with right now. Father, we ask now you go with us through the remainder of the service. Forgive us of our sins. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Our next song will prepare our minds for partaking of the Lord's Supper. Right now, we have an opportunity to honor Jesus' death, a death that was more noble and more courageous than any in human history. Jesus, our Savior, knew no sin, but became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God, 2 Corinthians 5, 20 and 21. We can also now celebrate what makes this memorial better than any man-made memorial in history. The resurrection of Jesus allows us freedom from sin 
and the promise of heaven. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. John 3.16 And jumping down to chapter 14 verses 1 through 3 Jesus tells his disciples let not your hearts be troubled believe in God believe also in me in my father's house are many rooms if it were not so I would have told you that I go and prepare a place for you and if I go and prepare a place for you I will come again and will take you to myself that where I am you may be also let's pray for the bread Heavenly Father we thank you so much for the love that you have for us father we thank you that you would send your your son to die such a cruel death on the cross we pray that you bless this bread father and those that are about to partake it as we remember what he's done for us in Jesus name amen continue our prayer Heavenly Father we thank you again for Jesus we thank you that that he had the courage to die for us father when when he didn't have to that he could have called 10,000 angels to keep him from from going through that awful moment on the cross but father we thank you for his spilt blood that washes away our sins that, that we may live please bless this cup father in Jesus' name, amen.
I am on now. That was just the wake-up call. <clears throat> when you called on him for prayer, you knew you were going to sit there for between 15 and 20 minutes because he prayed long prayers. And every once in a while, one of the elders would call on him when we had a fellowship where everybody brought a meal and we would eat and they'd asked him to bless the food and it was 15 to 20 minutes. He started the prayer and at one time a little boy stood up after he prayed for about five minutes and said, Amen. He's only four. His mom said, Shh, 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 shh. He said, I said, Amen, I want to eat. Shortest prayer I've ever heard that man make. <laughs> we are going to finish the three parables of Luke chapter 15 today. Now, I bet you there are a bunch of people out there saying, Amen. <laughs> Ready to eat. Get on with it. So we're going to finish it up. But this could be the most important of all. Because Jesus is going to change the way that people thought about forgiveness. When I first started preaching, I had a funeral where two brothers had fought for over 40 years. I don't know what the fight was about. I don't know who had the, both claimed to have the righteous side of the fight. It was because they were right and the other guy was wrong. But we had threats that they weren't going to come to their own parents' funeral. If one showed up, the other wasn't. So we worked really hard for a week. And what we did is we, we put them on separate sides of the building. And it's like William III. We had two guys like William III set with them. With the instruction, if they got up, tackle them and put them back in the seat. If they got too near each other, step between them. It worked. We got through the funeral. And then they fought about the estate. It didn't matter what it took. They had already set up that they didn't like each other. They weren't going to be like each other. And, and nobody was going to take advantage of them. This week, we're going to get that, that special forgiveness. And this Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, it's on Facebook and YouTube, I believe. All right. Uh, we're going to take that on, and there will be some questions listed that you all can look and get into the swing of it. But the Pharisees and the scribes were Jesus. He, they were the, his pain in the neck. Anything he did was wrong for some reason, and we're going to look at those reasons this Wednesday night. If you all remember, it started kind of innocent. The tax collectors and the sinners were gathering around to hear Jesus speak. That's interesting. It's innocent enough. 
But the Pharisees looked at him and they started muttering, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Now the problem with that one is it doesn't really give you what the Greeks trying to convey, so I copied it down from the Amplified. Now the tax collectors who were notorious and especially wicked and the sinners were coming to Jesus to listen to him and the Pharisees and the scribes kept muttering and indignantly complaining saying this man accepts and receives and even welcomes those preeminently wicked sinners and he eats with them. Now when you ate with them, it was sort of a fellowship. We're in this together. We are partners in it. And the scribes and Pharisees couldn't stand the fact that that's what Jesus was doing. So Jesus tells three quick parables. Parable of the lost sheep, parable of the lost coin, and parable of the lost son. And if you remember... These represented different people. In his book, The Prodigal God, Tim Keller writes this. People fall into one category or the other. The younger brother types are the ones who are adventurous and take risks. They distrust institutions like government and churches. They shake off their constraints and they desire to experience all that life has to offer. When they sin, they sin big and bold enough that everybody knows it. The elder brother type They're the rule keepers. They're the people pleasers. They work for stable, predictable jobs. They tend to see their type as good and everybody else as bad. If everyone would only be more like them, the world would be a better place to live. But Jesus' parable reminds us that the ones who are truly lost are the ones that don't realize that they need to be saved. The characteristics of the elder brother in the parable need to be recognized. We need to be sure not to fall in the trap they did of pride, anger, resentment, and indignation. If you've heard sermons on the prodigal son, it probably was the younger son that was emphasized. That younger son who won off into the foreign land and did all kinds of things that were evil. That younger son, he really hurt his father's heart. He tore it out and handed it to him. That that younger son did that. 
And the Father, we recognize that the Father was God. But what about the older brother? The older brother are the reason for all three parables. The older brother is that guy who has his standards. He makes up his rules. They don't have to be biblical. He just thinks they're good. And that if you want to really get along, what you've got to do is you've got to take up his standards and live his way and do things like he does them. And if you do anything else, then you're a, a terrible sinner. When the younger son comes home, the father is elated that he has come back. And he tells him, quick, let's bring the best robe and put it on his feet and the ring on his finger and the sandals and bring the fatted calf and kill it and let's have a feast and celebrate. For the son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and he's found. So they began to celebrate. I don't get to see my daughter face to face much. She lives way up in Illinois, which might as well be overseas. But when we see each other, we still kiss each other and hold each other and just hug on each other. And I count the number of times I, I get the kisses first and Sue gets them second. I don't know why I do that, but I do. I can see that feeling in him. I haven't seen him for so long, and it, he's back. The older brother hears the, the party going on, and so he grabs a servant near, he pulls him and says, hey, what, what's going on here? And the servant says, your brother's come home. And your father has killed the fatted calf because he has him back safe and sound. And the older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleased with him. On the inside, we have the younger son who was away for so long, and the father has him back and restores him to the family, and he's just so happy. On the outside, we have just the opposite reaction. The father goes out, and he starts pleading with him. And when he pleads with the, the older brother takes charge. You don't want to hear what his father has to say. He answers saying, look, all these years I've been slaving for you. Now, underline that word. It's like the the little child that mother said, I want you to put the silverware on the table. And they say, oh, I'm a slave. 
All these years I've been doing stuff that every farm does, that every business does. He's probably been managing instead of really putting out the work because he has hired men to do the work. So he's probably the manager that just sits out there and tells them what to do. He's sitting back and saying, I was out there. I didn't get to go where I wanted. I never disobeyed your orders. Whoa. You don't order him around, but he looks at his dad and he's looking at a dad that is uncaring. He's looking at a dad that, that doesn't measure up to what he should have measured up from. I've done all that and you didn't even give me a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. Let's stop there a second. What's this thing about goats and fatted calves? Well, if you go over to Israel today, one of the things that you will find hard to find is meat. They have it, but it's expensive. So when you kill the fatted calf, this was not done for just any reason whatsoever. That was the prime of everything. It's like Ruth Chris' steakhouse. If you ever get a steak there, bring your wallet. It's the prime of everything. The top of the line. Goats weren't the top of the line. That You could kill a goat and they just reproduce. It wasn't that great. They weren't as expensive. I've slaved... I obeyed your orders. You never rewarded me like this. That I could celebrate with my friends. But this son of yours, you're not even claiming him for a brother. This son of yours, who has squandered your property. Remember he asked for a third of the estate. He sold the land. He took the money and went to a distant country, which is very important with the next thing, who has squandered your property with prostitutes. And he comes home and you kill the fatted calf for him. Wait a minute. How does he know that? I mean, he's in a foreign land. They're not going to bump into each other on a street. There's just no TV. I know if you're under my age, you say, no TV. Yeah, I actually remember, no TV. There are no reporters, no press. Nobody's going to report on what he's been doing out there. This guy just labels. That's what he's doing. And the father puts his arm around him and, and answers, my son... You are always with me. And everything that I have is yours. We had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost. And now he's found.
the thing about the older brother, yeah, the younger brother broke his heart when he went into the foreign land. But so did the older brother. He wants his family together and, and have a loving group, but he doesn't care what his father wants. He just cares what he wants. Now, are there older brothers? Yeah. And do they do harm? Yeah. Something I've sworn after I did some work for a congregation that split. I swore I would never work again with a congregation that has split or was in the process of splitting. This particular congregation, I knew three-fourths of the people in there. Well, what, what they, what they divide over? Somebody said something that had been said down through and somebody took a hold of it and went. And they started taking sides. And when I suggested, did you check out the source of the rumor? They said, what do you mean check out the source of the rumor? I said, the, the guy could be a victim who started it. Somebody could have come to him and said, this is what's happening in this congregation. And then he just passed it on without checking it out. Oh, we didn't do that. Will you do that? There's no reason to do that. <laughs> well, maybe this guy has, a, has a, a bone to pick with some of, the, some of the members. Maybe that's it. They don't have bones picked with some of the members. They had an older brother. An older brother who wasn't looking for what the father wanted. You see, if you, if you have an older brother, he sets the standards. He determines what truth and falsehood is. He determines what right and wrong is. He determines what is holy and what isn't holy. And when the congregation I was working with split, it went from 200, the last count I had was 20. Why? A rumor got started and one person spread it to the next person who spread it to the next person and they never checked it out. And people got hurt. What Jesus is saying is, yeah, those who live the wild life and will try anything, yeah, they're lost. But you can come to church every Sunday. And you can sit in the pews and you can worship and you can go by a set of rules that you have set up and be just as lost. The scribes and Pharisees were good guys. They were trying to keep the law. 
But what they did is alienate people from God. Now, if both are lost, what do we need to do? We need to get back to the right standard. Is it biblical? Don't tell me what a rumor said. Are you fighting over something biblical? Can you turn it to... They couldn't. They could not even look at the rumor and show me where God was against, if they had done what some people said they had done. Jesus didn't stop with this one. We'll talk about these Wednesday night. I'm out of time. In Matthew 21, there were two sons. The first, he said, well, I want you to go work today in my vineyard. And he said, no, I'm not going to do it. And he goes to the second, and he says, I want you to go work in my vineyard. And he says, okay, I'm not going to do it. And then they changed their minds. And Jesus says, which one? Which one is pleasing to the Father? The one that's pleasing the Father is one who went. So he asked, how come then you didn't listen to John the Baptist? The tax collectors and the prostitutes did, and they're going to enter heaven before you do. Ouch. Then this one's kind of easy. We've seen this one. The scribe... And the Pharisees, they have a Pharisee who prays, God, I thank you that I am so much better than everybody else. And I'm not even like him. I do a bunch of this stuff that you never asked me to do. <laughs> and all the other guy wanted to do was come to God and say, be merciful to me. Over and over and over, there are two people lost, two kinds of people. And what we've got to get back to is being accepted by God. This morning, you have a God who sent his sons to die on a cross so you could be accepted. You won't be perfect. He didn't ask you to. If you will repent, that says, I, I've been trying it my way, I'm going to try it your way. And are baptized, that's immersed in water. You can leave here pleasing your Father. If there's a way that we can help you get there, won't you come? Right together we stand and sing.
We appreciate each of you being here to worship with us this morning, whether you're actually here in the building with us or you're worshiping with us virtually. We're glad you're here. Before we close, I have just a few announcements and reminders. Uh, over at the camp this past week, uh, Grant and Jamie Hunter won the Bible Awards at the Bible Camp, and uh, that's quite an honor. In addition to that, we congratulate Grant on winning a $1,000 scholarship. They gave away two of those, and Grant was able to get one of those. So we congratulate both Grant and Jamie. Teen Week begins today at the Central Florida Bible Camp, and Matt and several of our teens will be over there for that. Please keep them in your prayers as they travel. The food pantry is in need of replenishing due to the high demand that was uh, placed on it because of the economic problems that are brought on by the pandemic. I see by the pile in the foyer that uh, we've already begun that, but if you recall the pile we had on uh, the pack the pulpit drive, uh, it goes fast. So please help us replenish the food pantry. As Kevin mentioned in his prayers, uh, Gage Eggleston is having serious heart problems. Kathy and Gage, ask your prayers on his behalf. Mitzi Robinson had another treatment this past Tuesday. Normally those first four or five days after that treatment are very difficult, so please keep her in your prayers. In addition to those, uh, Susan Dugan's father is having surgery tomorrow to remove his leg. Please keep that family in your prayers as well. Thank you. Shall we stand? Be with me. God and our Father, once again, we wish to thank you for this day. We wish to thank you for the 
for the leadership that's gone in to to be able to provide this time that we can come here and, and safely meet and, and continue to worship you. Father, as, as we leave here, this we, we pray that you'll continue to look over us, continue to, to care for us, and help us, as, as we all say now, help us to stay together while we're apart. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.